following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Comcast. All right, everybody, good evening and welcome into Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Jim Miller alongside alongside Tom Thayer. We've got you for 57 minutes. We'll get you updated on everything Chicago Bears. We'll have a couple of special guests this evening is Larry Mayer, the Bears senior writer. He will join us in about 10 minutes or so. He's at the 2018 Indianapolis Combine. We'll also have former defensive lineman Spice Adams. He's, he's going to call in from Punta Cana, Dominican at 6.30 p.m. He's on the Bears trip with Akeem Hicks, Adrian Amos, Charles Leno, and Marcus Cooper. So that should be a, a fun spot as well. And maybe we'll take some phone calls also. 312-644-6767. And let's welcome in my partner for the, the next 57 minutes. Let's say hello to world champion Tom Thayer. Tom, how are we doing tonight, my friend? Doing good, Big Jim. Doing good. I have a chance to watch the Combine the last couple of days. Really interested in the press conference between Coach Nagy and Ryan Pace and everything what they had to say and now Ryan's speaking with a little bit more experience that he had as his first press conference and Matt Nagy he seems to have experience at the podium because everything he says and the answers he gives is clear and um, he he answers the question that's asked and it's refreshing to us because um, I think that's really what Bears fans want to see out of the GM and the coach is as much transparency as they can possibly get out of them at this time of the year, whether it's, you know, nixing a deal like Glennon or thinking about what Mitchell Trubisky means to the future of this organization football team, and they've already given him the, the keys of the car. Yeah, there is a ton of news concerning the Chicago Bears. Obviously, a slew of player moves, as Ryan Pace discussed quite a bit of it uh, down here at the NFL Combine. They released Willie Young. We know about Mike Glennon. Uh, that is going to be a move at start of the league year as well. Pernell McPhee, Quentin Demps. So there is a lot of player move. But now it looks like with when you got all those pass rushers, Tom, uh, that potentially, you know, that have been released uh, recently by the Chicago Bears, I don't know. you got to think kind of pass rushes is somewhat of a – is really a high-priority – is the wide receiver position we've talked about here so early this offseason. And, and no doubt. And what where do you want to develop a pass rusher? Because right now, if you if you look at one side of the defensive line, if you can keep um, Akeem Hicks and Leonard. I lost it. Can you hear me? So any, All right, well, I would, let me speak. So I think one thing you have to look at is the pass rush here is if you have one um, side of your defense that's well set with Akeem Hicks and Leonard Floyd, and those guys can get pressure. They work stunts well together. They're very versatile on where they can line up. So if you are trying to look for a defensive pass rusher, you might have to think about – how does he play against left tackles? How does he, out of that, that specific stance, what he's going to rush out of, and what type of speed can that give you? And it is going to be probably one of the most important roles for the future of success, but they also have to trust Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio has been around here for a long time. He has a great deal of experience. He knows how he likes to rush the quarterback. So if they can give Vic Fangio a little freedom within the the personnel decisions maybe they can you know get a better you know option out there to assist Akeem Hicks and Leonard Floyd from one side of the defense 
Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, you think of the news that broke there. Here the entire basically defensive staff now intact and returning to the Chicago Bears. Guys like Ed Donatel will, will come back joining his uh, partner in crime. When you look at Vin, Vic Fangio, that's uh, another good move for the Chicago Bears. And I think you bring up uh, good points. You know, now they've with all this money, they've cleared up. The Chicago Bears have literally over $80 million of cap space, and they could clear up even more, Tom, to make a, a layered approach, whether they how aggressive they want to get in free agency, whether the you, ta- you, you go after some of the pass rushers that are out there. We saw the Lions just tagged a Ziggy Anza, so there's potentially one pass rusher uh, that's out of the mix. And then still the decision of what to do with Kyle Fuller. Is it a layered approach with a franchise tag, or ultimately can Ryan Pace work out a long-term deal? Your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I just think right now when you have the experience of a guy like Ed Donatel and you have the experience of Vic Fangio and the what they know about Kyle Fuller's inner makeup of weight. How does he approach meetings? How enthusiastically does he walk out of the meetings and get ready for practice? All those little types of things you try to pick up on a player that you you would like to be able to reward with a new contract because he is one of your draft choices. I got to believe that the evaluation process from Coach Donatel and Coach Fangio has to be as good as anybody's evaluation that could possibly have you know, thoughts of signing Kyle Fuller. Because if you don't know him from the inside, you know, he, he's more of an introverted guy and he's not going to go out there and be flashy about his own performances. Yeah, a player that they certainly know. Hey, going to be free agents out there like Tremaine Johnson of uh, the L.A. Rams. Hey, what is Denver going to do with a keep to leap? Are they going to take on that $11 million uh, contract that he has? Some think that potentially he could be let go uh, by the Denver Broncos as they are cap-strapped. And we've seen that right already, Tom. I know a lot of these uh, releases will be um, at the start of the, of the league year, but this is normally when, when teams are starting to work trades and talk to one another. Already there's been a couple down here, Kasua Cravens, could he be going uh, to the Denver Broncos from the Washington Redskins? Potentially uh, Tyron Matthew could be available uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. So it's really an interesting time of the year when you know, there's going to be a flood of all these free agents on the market. We know the guys who are available now, but some key guys that will be a high priority could be out there from Ryan, for Ryan Pace to choose from. Right, but you know what, Jim? I, I really think you got to dive into their background. You have to understand what you're out there trying to purchase. I don't want a diva of any way, shape, or form in terms of a free agent because I think they kind of set a bad tone for the room when the whole team is in there. If you get a guy that's, you know, you just you have to take too much. And then you look at guys like like uh, 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 Tlaib and um, Tyron Matthews, are these guys the model citizens that you want? And then when they get rewarded with even more money, are they going to be the players that you want to come and contribute to the um, the makeup of this locker room to start getting ready to win divisions and start winning championships? Because that's what has to be the goal. I think when we sit here and we talk about the players – your only goal at the end of the rainbow better be to win the division than win a Super Bowl. And I think that's the type of players that you have to be looking at. And if you're going to go out there and look at a veteran free agent that has a great deal of experience, is he as in Super Bowl prime or is he in the twilight of his career? And I think you have to take all those types of things in consideration. And then if we are privileged to all their health, then we probably have a better understanding of who should be looked at. Hey, that's a great point. Only two teams were interested in trading for Marcus Peters. That's a Pro Bowl corner. 
that Kansas City just got rid of? Why? They've won a lot of games and have been to four playoffs uh, in the last five years when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got plenty more to get to. We'll get an update on the combine from Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, because Larry Mayer, the Bears' senior writer, is going to join us on the other side. Keep it right here on Bears All Access. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Well, I ran into Larry Mayer last night, Bears senior writer at the NFL Combine. Tom, you were talking about all these divas. I thought Larry wasn't going to call in. He just joined me on set here in Indianapolis. But let's go out to the guest line and welcome in the Bears senior writer to the program. Larry, Tom, and Jim, good to have you. Larry, how's how things in Indy for you? Uh, it's been excellent. Great seeing you as always last night, Jim kind of uh, creeping on you today. saw you doing some interviews on your radio program, and it was great to see you. And uh, well, a- Miss Tom Sayer always. You know, Larry, the other day I'm sitting in Hawaii and I'm watching the press conference and I see this big guy in the background because I only can see like half a head and a big shoulder. And the whole time I was wondering, who is that guy? With And I, all of a sudden the camera pans over and it's Larry Mayer getting news right from the coach's mouth as those words are falling out of his lips. Exactly. Good job, Larry. Just my way of, hey, thank you, Tom. Just Larry, my way of saying hello to you. Is this is is from what we've gone through in the in the past is is coach Nagy and the way he answers questions and Ryan Pace is it is it more refreshing because you're kind of getting a response that you can either build a story or build your next thought from? Oh my god, is it ever? I mean, it's it's great. I mean, especially the way they acknowledge reality, as we always talk about, and talk about some of the players. And I know it's difficult for Matt Nagy because he hasn't had an opportunity to work with any of the players yet because of the NFL rules. But he will stand up there and answer questions honestly and in-depth, and it's, it's really nice to hear. And You know what, guys? What's been really interesting to me the last couple of days since I got here in Indianapolis is that I've spoken with several people that I'm friends with throughout the league that have worked with Matt Nagy and had connections with Matt Nagy. And these are mostly people from Kansas City and some from Philadelphia. But all these people are people that I trust and would tell me the truth. And this is off the record. And each and every one of them has talked about what a great guy he is and what a great coach and how he's so good at working with the players. And I've heard nothing but 100% positive things about this guy. And it's made me even more excited about moving forward, about how this guy has no ego. He studies tape on a random Monday or Tuesday. He may be sitting in his office looking at a scheme of some random college just to kind of enhance his knowledge and pick up more things for his offense. And really, I couldn't be more excited after hearing all these guys talk about him. Yeah, Brett Veach, I know you, you talked to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, general manager, Larry, and you've also been checking in with the New Orleans Saints, getting, you know, like Sean Payton's thoughts on Ryan Pace and how he's growing as a general manager. And I thought Ryan said some some great things uh, to the media today, just like, hey, yeah, we, we've got a ton of money to spend in free agency, but we've got to be prudent uh, what we target and go after in free agency. Your thoughts and, and what you've heard today uh, from Ryan Pace. Well, you know, Pace. it's funny because Ryan Pace talked about the fact that just because you you have a lot of money, a lot of the agents come to you and think, expect you to overpay for their clients, which obviously is not prudent, like you said. But the thing that I've been finding out talking to different people around the league here is that it's a quarterback and coach-driven league, and the Bears didn't necessarily have those two guys in place the last couple of years. And there have been reported instances of free agents that have taken less money to go to other places and sign with other teams. 
And I think now that the Bears have Mitchell Trubisky in place and also have Matt Nagy and his reputation as the head coach, I think this is going to be a much more attractive free agent destination for every player, mostly wide receivers and players that are skilled position on offense. Because, again, in the past, you didn't really have that. You didn't have a quarterback that you would be very excited about. The coaching staff was more of a veteran coaching staff that was defensive-minded. But I think it's going to be a more attractive destination for free agents. That's really what I've picked up. I haven't talked to any free agents, but I've talked to people throughout the league, and they all say the same thing. So that will be a, that's something that Bear fans are going to be very excited to hear. And also, obviously, we'll see how it transpires in a couple weeks. But, you know, Larry, you give the keys into the car to a second-year quarterback, and the future of the success of the Bears is relying on the quarterback play of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you're at the combine. You're looking at these young college players that get invited, and there's going to be other guys that have ability that don't get invited to the combine. So where is the uh, where is the off the record conversation? Is it about the veterans that are needed, or is it about you want to get as many solid young college kids, draft choices, free agents to build this team? What end of the spectrum are, is the conversation going at most? Well, Tom, as you know, Ryan Pace is determined to build the Bears roster through the draft. That's his philosophy. It always has been. I think it's pretty safe to say that most NFL executives feel the same way. So he's trying to get as many college guys as possible to come in here with the program. And he would rather be in a position to be re-signing his own players and signing players from other teams. Number one, obviously, it's because you've had success with those guys. You know 100% what player and person they are. You're always gambling a little bit when you go into free agency. And Ryan also mentioned that these guys are free agents for a reason. Now, there's different reasons why they become free agents, but the bottom line is that their own team is not re-signing them for some reason. So they're more interested, obviously, in reaching a point where they could re-sign their own players and be less active in free agency. But with that being said, they obviously have several holes that they're going to have to address in free agency. And like you guys said before, they have the cap space to do it, but it still comes down to making good decisions in the draft. That's going to be the key to success to this franchise. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, Larry. And there could be more free agents out on the market that we don't know about yet just due to the salary cap and the dollars that they're going to earn maybe just aren't feasible uh, for their current club uh, that they're on. Areas of focus for you, Larry, uh, for the Chicago Bears down at the combine. I'm sure you're going to dive into the wide, re- wide receiver crop that is available, and now it looks like pass rusher has become every bit a, a priority for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think, and you know, Ryan Pace actually acknowledged the fact that Outside linebacker slash pass rusher is a top need right now with Willie Young and Pernell McPhee heading out of town, obviously, and Lamar Houston and Sam Acho both unrestricted. So, really, you have Leonard Floyd and not a whole lot of depth there. And that's obviously a very important position in the Bears' defense. They get some pass rush from Akeem Hicks and some other guys, too. Trevathan's a good blitzer, but they're definitely going to need to address that. And everybody in the world knows that wide receiver position is going to need to be addressed. And like we said, they have they have a good amount of money in the under the salary cap, so it'll be interesting to see what happens March 14th when the new league start new league year starts. And like I said before, I think some free agents that maybe wouldn't have considered the Bears a year ago may have a change of heart and consider them this year. You know, I don't think the Bears have a position that they, they can completely you know di- you know be disinterested aside from quarterback you know man that may be the only one that you're not going to go right. the first and second round so but, you know you think of every single position out there as a need for the bears because I, when i think about Eddie Goldman and Jonathan Bullard 
if these guys, if these two guys don't start playing up to their ability, I think you have to start looking at different opportunities on the defensive line because they need as much help as as you know every other position out there. So you know when you think about two guys waiting in the wings to really start playing like experienced veterans that they are at this time because there's decisions to be made about their contracts in the future. I don't, I don't really necessarily think aside from quarterback that early in the draft there's a player that you can say, ah, oh, we're set here, man. We're we're good to go for the for the 16 games. I agree with you, Tom. I think running back may also not as strongly as quarterback, but obviously with Jordan Howard and uh, Tariq uh, Cohn, they're pretty set there. But like you said, if there's a top prospect in the second round that they think is going to be a game-breaking running back, they still may take it. But you're right, there are a lot of different possibilities. The tight end position is one that you look at. I know it's pretty deep in the draft this year. Um Again, wide receiver, I don't know if you take one at number eight, or I don't know if there's one that's worthy of being taken at number eight right now. But uh, a lot of things will change, I think, also after free agency because it's funny reading these mock drafts because they're all projected different players based on a team's needs. Generally speaking, that every, you know, fans love to read that stuff, but I don't think it really makes any sense to do that before free agency because things would change a considerable amount. And um, Cornerback is also a position that I think is, comes up in terms of the Bears. Their top three guys are all free agents, and, it's supposedly a deep crop of free agents in both the draft and free agency this year. Yeah, and you're already hearing some rumors. I'm sure you've heard them, uh, Larry, about potential trades or could be some cornerbacks that are available. I mean, how well, and we saw Ryan Pace, he's been active. He made a trade last year to pick up Dontrell Inman uh, for a later right. round pick. I mean, thoughts uh, of the layered approach there, and would Ryan Pace potentially uh, talk to if he could fill maybe a cornerback position via trade that, that currently the gossip is, is rooming around? Uh, 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 here at Indianapolis. Not necessarily that the Bears right. are involved, but say Sua Cravens to Denver or Tyron Matthews supposedly available. There's some other guys that supposedly are, are being talked up that they're available if a team would like to trade right. for them. Well, I think Ryan Pace does a really good job with studying that type of stuff and seeing who's available and for what cost. I'd be a little surprised if he pulled off a trade for a corner only because he doesn't want to sacrifice any more draft picks. They already are trying to recoup the third-round pick that they sent uh, to the 49ers to move up to get Mitch Trubisky last year, so I think it may happen. Um, I don't. I just. I don't. I'd be surprised, like I said, if I if they would deal for a cornerback. I do think they need more impact players, uh, especially at that position. Kyle Fuller had a great year last year. He broke up 22 passes, which I believe led the league. But also, he only had two interceptions, and they need cornerbacks to make more plays on the ball. Well, you you know what? With that being said, Larry and Jim, is that you know one thing about the Bears and and Ryan Pace and all these guys that are the scouts and everybody they're getting ready to draft this year. According to Matt Nagy, you really don't know a lot about him as a head coach, offensively speaking. So you're going to try to guess how players fit in best to the position we perceive they can play. But the one thing about Vic Fangio, you know what type of defense they like to play. You know the type of pressure he wants to get. You know what he expects out of his cornerbacks to be tacklers. So I think if you are investigating a free agent corner cornerback, you have a better opportunity to know exactly what you need out of his skill set. And don't try to go you know, off the chart and see if he you can re, re-coach an older player like that. So I think they're very fortunate that they did bring back the Vic Fangio system because when when you go draft defensive players, you know exactly what you're looking at. It's not a guessing game that it's happened a couple times. I totally agree with that because you look at the offense, and really he only brought in one coach, Brad Childress, that has worked with him before, Matt Nagy. So all the coaches are learning the offense right before the players do. And again, they have to work with the personnel department about what type of players they're interested in getting. But you're right on the defense. 
everybody's returning. All the position coaches are back, so everybody knows what Vic Fangio looks for, how he plays his defense, what kind of players he's interested in. So that should definitely help the personnel department, especially going into free agency. And it's clear the Bears are getting younger on defense with some of these veterans that are leaving, and they do, like you said before, there's no position on defense that I, that I look at and say, oh, that's 100% set. So they could use to be bolstered really at all three levels, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens March 14th when free agency opens. Well, Larry, when when you start to listen to some of these players, a lot of offensive linemen and the running backs were today uh, interviewing down here at the 2018 Indianapolis Combine. I mean, are there, are there any certain players that you really are focusing on that you want to hear from? Or it sounds like on defense it could be an all-encompassing uh, the players that you're looking at or particularly any receivers that potentially are of interest that you know you're going to kind of watch, listen, learn what they're all about as you go about and do continue your rounds down here in Indianapolis. Well, you know, as you know, Jim, all the quarterbacks are the most interesting guys always, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They'll, be, they'll be around tomorrow, Larry, no. if you so, want to get a few. What? I'll tell you, the one guy that I was interested in hearing from today was Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. And I know uh, I'm pretty good friends with another guard from Notre Dame, but uh, I don't even know if Tom's still there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got you. <laughs> okay. All right, you got uh, me. Um, but just only because, you know, he's considered such a top prospect, and I see a lot of mock drafts projecting that he'll go to the Bears and the big debate about and I'd love to I would love to hear Tom's take on this, this debate about taking a guard at number eight overall just in general. But he was a guy that supposedly has a nasty attitude and, and all this other stuff. So it was interesting to hear what he had to say today and he was talking about the possibility of reuniting with Harry Heastan, who for people that don't know was his coach at Notre Dame and is now the Bears offensive line coach for a second stint. But it's going to be interesting to see whether a guard is worthy of going in the top ten. But, again, that's the one guy I was interested in hearing from Well, today. Go, go look what it did with Dallas Cowboys when they drafted Zach Martin. They had a couple of other pieces in place, and then he came in and solidified the, the inside and the right tackle, brought in a young center, and helped him grow and develop. So if you can bring a guy in there, and Harry Heastan believes that he's a, a first-day starter, then I'm all for it. I I'm, I'm go back to the Jim Fink school of football and offense and defensive linemen, but – my last question for you, Larry, is how many shrimp cocktails from St. Elmo's is going to show up on your expense report for the Combine? You know, I had one last night. I'll be, I, I'm going to get your take on this. I'm going to be honest, and I'm okay. going to say this publicly. And you guys are probably worried about what I'm going to say right now. I ordered it with the mild sauce, and I was chastised by my group of uh, people I was eating with uh, for, for ordering it, not going with the hot sauce that it's world famous for, but... Uh, Dirty Harry once said a man's going to know his limitations. So I ordered it with mild sauce, and it was excellent, and I'm planning on having another one tomorrow night. Attaboy. Well, Larry, keep up the good work. Always good uh, talking to you. We'll catch up again down here in Indianapolis, and thanks for your time today. Sounds thanks, good. Larry. I have a feeling I will run into you at some point tonight, Jim. <laughs> All right. Larry Mayer, the Bears senior writer. Well, let's hit the break. We are going to have Anthony Adams. He is going to join us as the program rolls along. And I did talk to Quentin Nelson and McClinchy, the big tackle coming out of Notre Dame. We will get Tom Thayer's thoughts on some of these offensive linemen. But you have to keep it right here on Bears All Access. You can sign your child up for fun, non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp brought to you by Gatorade and Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. And welcome back into Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Well, our next guest, 
who doesn't have a lot of fun with Anthony Adams. And he's having a lot of fun in the sun in the Dominican, Aputa Cana. So he's there with some fellow Bears, Akeem Hicks, Adrian Amos, Charles Leno Jr., and Marcus Cooper. So let's welcome in Anthony Adams to the program. Anthony, Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, good to talk to you, my friend. How's it going there in the in the sun? Oh, man, I'm enjoying myself. Somebody told me that it was 35 degrees out there in Chicago, and I'm like, man, it's only 26 degrees here, but <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Spice, well, ta- <laughs> are, 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 are these guys water guys, or are they beach guys, or what, what kind of the Chicago Bears players that are down there, how are they intermingling with the Chicago Bears fans that took part in the trip? Oh, man, they're having a great time. We had uh, some beach games today. We were kayaking and throwing, like, water balloons and stuff like that. I tell you what, all of these guys are extremely competitive, though. I mean, anytime you turn around, it's they're, they're hollering somebody's cheating. So but can, can a, is, there a kayak, is there a kayak that can float Akeem Hicks? No, Akeem didn't get in it, but uh, Charles Leno did. Well, and he has more balance than than I than I did. But I think hey, somebody co- set me up. They put a lot of water in my kayak, so I, I tipped over immediately. But I well, think I Anthony, got Anthony, don't sell yourself short. Everybody has seen those basketball videos you you put out there. We know about your balance and what you can do. And I got to believe you're shooting <laughs> some funny videos down there as well. Oh yeah, no question. Always. What about well, I, what about Joniak? What is what has he contributed to your week down there? I know he's at the combine already, but he's usually on the air with Jim and I, and now he's nowhere to be found. So look, check this out there. Something went down <laughs> out here on the beach with Joniak, and he's he made me promise not to tell you. He said, "Whatever you do, please do not tell Thayer." All right, I'll I tell said, you what. Right. I'll turn my microphone look, off. Look, you tell the listeners. Look. Ask, ask him about a punt that happened on the beach. Ask I, him about that. I know what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, I know I, he didn't tell me, but Jeff has always tried to convince me that he could catch a punt, and I guaranteed him he could not, whether he had all the gear, helmets, spikes, no matter what it was. So I, uh-huh. did he get hit in the face? Ask him, ask him, ask him about it when, okay. when you see him. Right. Uh, something tells me Jeff had heavy feet in the sand trying to try to die for it. But uh, let me ask you this, Anthony, because I had the opportunity to talk to a former teammate you know well, Matt Forte. He has announced his uh, retirement. I know you you tweeted out a, a great message uh, for your former teammate and just really what an honor it was to play with Matt Forte. I'd like you to share it uh, to the Bears listeners out there because truly th- this guy epitomizes everything of, of class, how he entered the league, yeah. how he conducted yeah. himself, and how he finished all with class when you look Look at Matt Forte. Yeah, just a just a great all around guy on the field, off the field. Um, he's had me over to his house. Mom's coming town and making gumbo, stuff like that. I mean, he's just playing ping pong with them or shooting videos, just laughing and joking with him. I mean, he's just a great all around guy. I mean, he's very approachable, uh, real down to earth. Uh, his wife and his kids, they're all great, man. And uh, what a, what a what a great career he had. Ten years at running back is highly respectable. I mean, goes down as number 33 of all time rushing yards. I mean, uh, I, I, I hope he gets in. I hope he gets into the hall. Well, he's, he's a great guy. You know, one thing about, you know, you look back at the Chicago Bears running backs, and you look at Neil Anderson, Walter Payton, you look at Thomas Jones, you think of Matt Forte. 
these types of players were great because they never had to be encouraged or told or asked to be prepared when the season started. If you look at every one of those guys I mentioned, they were so physically dedicated to their job in yeah. the offseason. That's why they had a chance to play 10 years. And you, you saw it in the weight room double A. And, and that's why Matt, like you said, was able to you know be impactful for his team for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a gym rat. I mean, anytime you see him, he's doing some curls or something, some type of workout. And I tried to – I made a mistake and, and tried to run a hill with him one time. And I also made a mistake of bringing a camera crew out there as well. So uh, just just seeing him get after those hills. And he was just messing around, and he was still just killing it. So, I mean, the, the type of work ethic he had, I mean, it's already hard enough to, to play running back, the pounding that you take you know, every play, I mean, every play he's, he's getting hit. So uh, just just how he took care of his body and how he was a gym rat and just – He's, he's a three-down back, a too, player, you know. Man. he's You no know, double-A, a three-down back. No They're point. hard to find. And, and that Matt Forte was, was every bit of a, a runner, a blocker, a pass receiver, everything you needed out of him. Yeah, 102 catches. Like, the, the guy is phenomenal, man. It's just – He's, he's off the chart, man. He's a great athlete. Well, Anthony, this week in the NFL, obviously the NFL Combine takes a center stage, and here you were, a second-round draft pick out of Penn State when you entered the National Football League with the San Francisco 49ers. And I want you to really just take us back of what you were going through because, I mean, I think the Bears can. There's a lot of good defensive tackles coming up in this year's draft. Obviously, Vita Vey is the one who's already getting talked about out there in Washington, but, Washington, but man, there are some guys who are over six foot, 330 pounds that can absolutely move, much like you could move as a defensive tackle. Yeah, that was the only knock against me, though. I wasn't over six feet. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was 5'11.8". Those were the official combine stats. And everybody always said, you know, I'd have been a top 10 pick if I was over six feet. So uh, me hearing that just just motivated me more to, you know, just earn my keep in the NFL. So uh, I, I knew that uh, coming out of college that my, my teammate and line mate, Jimmy Kennedy, was going to get a lot of buzz. So I knew that, you know, if, if teams were going to be watching him, and they had to watch me. And uh, so I, I capitalized off of that uh, by just putting my resume out there, which was my film. And, uh, you know, it paid off for me. But as far as the combine, I did everything except for the bench because I, uh, I kind of tweaked my pec muscle or something like that training. Uh, but I did everything there. And I, I left it all out on the, on the, on the turf because it was, it was just regular turf in the RCA dome. wasn't Lucas Oil. So, uh, you know, I guess I'm an old head now because RCA Dome is not there anymore. <laughs> you know, Double A, it's, it's something because, you, you know, people you have to understand, when you go to the Combine, they try to make you the shortest you can possibly be. And we are all 6'5 yeah. in our high school programs. And then I went to the Combine. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm standing up against yeah, the true. wall. They tell you to t- curl your toes up so you're as short as you can possibly be. Now I'm 6'3 three and 3 quarters. And that costs you yeah. – a million bucks, so it is different. But hey, how about your guy Barkley from Penn State? What is he? Twenty nine reps. 
Twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, that, right. that, that, listen, this guy, this guy is a powder keg. I mean, he's strong. He is. He is a great player. I'm. I'm really interested to see because I think he's going to be the guy this year that's going to kind of manu- make the draft move around depending upon where and when he goes. He he he's off the charts, man. Um, I mean, he could. He could he he can make you miss. He can jump over you. He can run through you. He can run around you. I mean, the guy has all the tools. Very explosive. Uh, I see him jump from the five yard line and score a touchdown. I mean, the guy has it all. But off the field, he's a phenomenal kid, man. I love this guy. I love everything about him. I love what he stands for. I love all of his interviews. Like he says the right things. He does the right things. And uh, he's he, he's off the chart, but uh, hopefully, uh, but but like you said, he's gonna he's gonna be the one to dictate how the draft goes. But well, be- twenty nine be- reps on the bench. Whew. That, yeah, that, it that's was, pretty good for, for a it, running back. It was impressive today. Well, before we let you go, and we're we're short on time, what's on the schedule? What do you got, a beach party tonight, a little fire, cooking some marshmallows? Mojitos? What do you got going? What's the rest of the <laughs> schedule? No, tonight tonight we just we just chillaxing. Just relaxing, just just cooling out. Uh me and a wife probably go get something to eat. Uh and uh that's it. We we kinda winding down. We're gonna uh shoot uh a couple of things tomorrow and then we're we're done. But it's uh it's winding down, man. We've been here since Sunday and uh now everybody's I think everybody's getting homesick right now. Well, enjoy the rest of your trip. Thanks for joining us tonight on Bears All Access, and we'll be looking to seeing those, seeing those shoots. Uh, no doubt about it, Anthony. Thanks again. Uh, no problem. Thanks, Double A. Anthony Adams, former Bears defensive tackle, doing some great stuff and having some fun down in the Dominican. Uh, the Bears trip. He's with Akeem Hicks, Adrian Amos, Charles Leno Jr., and Marcus Cooper. Hey, Let's Jim, hit another. Right, hey, right yes. after the commercial, I, I have a quarterback question for you specifically. And since the press conferences, I've been waiting to ask you. So can we start with that when we come back? Yeah, let's do it. Plus, I want to get into your head about some offensive linemen. Talk to quite uh, a few of them today as they were first up to meet the media and they did the bench press as well. We'll be back on Bears All Access. Keep it right here. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. And welcome back into Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you. Currently, I'm down here at the Indianapolis Combine. Offensive linemen and running backs really got to work today. Yesterday was really the medicals, making sure all the players were cleared. Today they got to start with doing the bench press, and certainly we're talking about Saquon Barkley as he put up an impressive 29 reps running back from Penn State. There was also a couple of offensive linemen that were off the charts today. Uh, 37 reps when you look at uh, some of the guys that were able to throw around. Will Hernandez, UTEP guard, 6'3", about 340 pounds, really impressive guy along with Quentin Nelson uh, the Notre Dame guard as well quarterbacks will be in uh, tomorrow Tom and you had a quarterback question and maybe what specific quarterback do you want to talk about? No, I really want to talk about the quarterback room because when I was look, listening to Coach Nagy's uh, press conference the other day he was talking about you know he's he really enjoys seeing the way Mitchell Trubisky trusts himself and then you think about Mark Helfrich and you think of Dave Ragone, you think of Brad Childers, you think of Coach Nagy's own experience in the arena league as a quarterback 
Now, my concern is is the players behind Mitchell Trubisky. Because you have so much experience in that quarterback room in terms of coaches, do you have to have that sounding board veteran active quarterback player behind you? Or can you match him up with a couple of other young guys to really develop value and experience at that position? So my question to you is, do you have to have that um, over five years, seven to ten year backup to Mitchell Trubisky at this time in his career, or does he have the experience and the coaching behind him that will help him? Yeah, I do think they would want to bring in a veteran who can play. Why? I mean, and God forbid if Mitchell were to go down with injury, you're going to need someone to play. So it has to. To me, it's going to have to be an experienced guy. Say somebody who's been in that system. Say Chase Daniel. All right, he was in Kansas City, backed up obviously Alex Smith, signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then obviously when they drafted Carson Wentz and worked that trade uh, for Bradford, they knew that they weren't going to need um, uh, Chase Daniel at that point, and then he wanted out of his contract and signed to be the backup uh, down there uh, to Drew Brees. So somebody like him, I think, is a would be a guy of interest, and then potentially, you know, you, you bring in another young guy that you cultivate and develop. So, but yeah, I think they're definitely going to need a guy who can play, and I think you always want to set yourself up for that in case uh, your quarterback goes down due right. to injury. Question two. Um, Mitchell Trubisky's got a really good relationship with Mark Sanchez. Matt Nagy doesn't have a relationship with Mark Sanchez yet and doesn't know a lot about him. Dave Ragone does. So now... Do you need it? Do you, do you, Jim Miller, want a guy that's already been involved in a similar systems to this, or are you okay that ha, uh, Mitchell Jabisky has a good relationship with Sanchez and they work well together? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Matt Nagy would be opposed to that because, at least from Mark's standpoint, he was drafted by the Jets. That was a West Coast offense, so he's going to be familiar with the uh, the terminology and those type of things that that Matt, Matt Nagy wants to uh, you know get across and the points of how he wants to run. And, and obviously, Mark has proven he's been a good sounding board. You know, nothing but good things when he was backing up uh, Dak Prescott down there in Dallas, and then what he's done for the Chicago Bears. So I don't think Matt Nagy would be opposed to that. But again, where does he rate him? You know, he bottom line is you still always want to be better as a football team. Now, where would he, you know, the hypothetical I threw out there, if he's rating Chase Daniel to Mark Sanchez, you just wonder what that evaluation would be apples to apples between those quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, that it, it is. I think it's a concern of all Bears fans because as much as they have invested in Mitchell Trubisky, you know, it is about, it's, it is the depth of every position. And then there are teams out there, we've seen it from the New England Patriots this year, they go and draft quarterbacks even though they have the best of all time, and then they gain value and, and they get – they get draft choices in, in in other players back for those trades. So I mean it's you know, it's interesting. The Bears are in a really unique position here with the youth of Mitchell Trubisky, the trust they have in him, and then the ability to develop the most because, you know, Ryan Pace said it several times in his press conference that the quarterback is the biggest asset on a football team. So it'd be better to have more than one of those key assets than than one and then I was just concerned about the experience behind him. Yeah, but totally agree with you. And I also think, hey, you got to protect him, too. There's no doubt about that. And I thought Larry Mayer brought up a good point about Quentin Nelson. Hey, Golden Domer, i got to get into these Golden Domers with you. You look at the Notre Dame guard. I talked to him and Mike McClinchy today. I mean, that left side of the line is solid uh, for, for Notre Dame. There's no doubt, about, no doubt about that. Some do predict 
that they'll be top 10 picks, both of them. Maybe if there's a run on quarterbacks early in the draft, there could be a good offensive lineman sitting there at eight uh, for the Chicago Bears. Now, what does it value between Calvin Ridley and other areas like receiver that we're focusing on? Maybe offensive lineman would be the the best selection at that point for Chicago. Your thoughts? You know, one thing, you know, when you look at, uh, how do you say the McGlinchey? McGlinchey, yes. You look at the Notre Dame guys, and, you know, one thing about these guys, they don't need to – they they don't need to be introduced to the weight room. They're no these these guys have a tendency to be smart players where they can understand the system and and get at the beginning of their opportunity to go in there and compete. They're mentally ready, which is is probably the most important key. But you know you you look at some guy. You know you think of these guys. You know Brandon Smith. Um, he had he matched Nelson. He had thirty five reps. Will Hernandez had thirty seven reps. But then you go back. The thing that scares me about when you're evaluating these offensive linemen, because you're going to look at all the good, but then you have to look at guys like Orlando Brown, 14 reps, Tyrell Cosby, 17 reps. And these guys are way 300-plus pound guys. If I bring a 300-pounder in there and he does half 300-plus pounder and he does half as many reps as Barkley did from Penn State – Hey, this guy's not invested. Whatever he's done with his last two, three, or four years in college, it certainly hasn't been in the weight room. So right now, I immediately have a red flag up against that. You can introduce the weight room to some guys, but there's not a lot of guys that love it. And if you're going to have a long um, or a 10-year career in the NFL, you got to love it. you got to love the weight room. You That has to be as much a part of your everyday work habits as being in the meeting rooms and being on the practice field. So these combine numbers can give you an indicator of a, of a guy's dedication to his future. Yeah, Orlando Brown, the Oklahoma tackle, expected to go high, only 14 reps on the bench. I mean, we'll come back, talk about it a little bit more. Plus, you mentioned Harry Heastan. He's got good in-depth knowledge of not only McGlinchey, also Quentin Nelson as well. So we'll get to it on the other side for Bears All Access. Keep it right here. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, the people who get it. Welcome back to Bears All Access. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer. This is the last segment. We'll get into Tom Thayer's. uh, He had three combines, three regional combines that he had to go to. Now it's all consolidated here in Indianapolis. One big one, the medical, is the big part of it. The top tackles coming out is the the Texas product, Connor Williams, offensive tackle. He's he's got an injury. He's coming off a torn meniscus, a sprained MCL, ACL. Then Orlando Brown is currently rated the number two tackle out of Oklahoma. Didn't have an impressive bench press today. But if he's got those long levers, Tom, and we mentioned, I mean, sometimes it's hard for the big guys to get that bar down and the strength to lift it back up. But when you watch him on tape, he can extend his arms and, and really give a punch. And then Mike McGlinchey, he would be the third rate to uh, tackle out of Notre Dame, 6'7", 315 pounds. And here we mentioned Harry Heastand, former offensive line coach of Notre Dame. I mean, the Bears are really going to get good inside information, not only about McGlinchey, but Quentin Nelson uh, as well. So one I'd, one I'd like to hear your thoughts because I personally don't think Connor Williams will be the first tackle taken. I think that medical and there are some other things that are going to come out that, that that he will drop and potentially McClinchy and it'll be between him and Orlando Brown who could be the first tackle off the board. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's really going to be in the minds of the decision makers what type of players they like. If Harry Heastan understands that his players have great versatility built into their game and that gives them a leg 
leg up because if you can draft these guys like they've been able to do with Cody Whitehair and put them where you need them the most, is it left tackle, is it right tackle, is it inside, or wherever it may be, and that that's kind of the process you have to go through because if you evaluate an offensive lineman in college and you've only seen him play one player in that uh, one position and that limits their versatility, and then you're kind of – you know, cornered. If if this person that you drafted for this one position does not succeed at that position, then it is a failure because versatility isn't a part of their game. And so I really do think that whether you're examining a defensive lineman that Harry has played against before in his Notre Dame days or some offensive lineman that he's come across in his recruiting days, man, I tell you what, there's a there's a lot of information uh, that's stored up in, inside of, you know, just the evaluation that Harry's been doing for the last 10 years in college football that can really be a, a huge asset in this year's, you know, NFL offensive lineman evaluation. And I just like them because there's a lot of pro principles that those guys were doing, especially that left side of the line in Notre Dame. I watched them versus Michigan State this year. They literally put 350 rushing yards on Michigan <laughs> State that had a pretty good defense. These guys are really good uh, for Notre Dame. But did want to get into your combine experiences. I remember a week or two ago you brought up, you said you had to go to three regional combines. Did you have to do three different medicals at all those combines? How'd that work Everything. out for us and take us back in time? It, it was it was something because when I was coming out in the draft in 83, and I was coming out in the year that it was Marino, Elway, that whole quarterback crew, and that's right. what the draft was all about. But they had really good players at every other position. So we did go, you know, Tampa, Detroit, and Seattle. And after the Tampa combine that you went down there, and it was, you know, 85, 90 degrees, and you did all your work. And before the Bucks built their new facility, their old facility was crap. And so we had the whole combine at their facility. And so you get through that, and then a week or two weeks later, you go to Detroit, and then two weeks later, you go to Seattle. And it was a full combine each and every time. You did your physical, you ran your 40, you did your bench press, you did the cone drills, you did the interviews. And so it was, it was, a process that um you know it was time consuming and tiring by the time you got to your third combine it was a challenge because you were kind of going on other visits to be introduced to different teams and stuff at that at that time of the nfl and but it it was um it was tough but you know jim i think every single guy that gets invited to the combine if they if there's their biggest goal desire in the world to be an NFL football player, they could go to 10 combines and they wouldn't mind. The more people that can see them, the better they get to be. No, you're right. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. And and your thoughts on players that... You know, now they're so, what should I say, these these players are, are so prepped. You know, hey, I'm not going to run. I'll, I'll only do the interviews. You know, some guys uh, elect to do, you know, I like it when guys come here and do everything. Because I remember when Cam Newton, he threw horrible here at the combine. He was still the number one overall pick. You know, and already you got Sam Darnold. He's elected not to throw here. Your thoughts on that? Because well, I think if you're a competitor, you just go out and compete, and it just really comes down to your game film. It's, and it's, they it's want re- to see you compete. It's really funny, Jim, because Coach Nagy referred to this. He said when he went to the combine the first time he met Mitchell Trubisky, it was all a pre-prep, prepared answers, everything he asked him. And then – down the road, he had another period of time with him off, you know, not a combine, just an interview, and Mitchell was a completely different guy. He was easy. He was free. He was relaxed. He was answering like someone would answer a question that isn't in a job interview. So it's those types of things because of these agents feel that they have to get their guys so prepared to say the right thing. That's that's not always the that's not always the answer. If you're, you know, these these guys that haven't lived in the weight room, 
There's my question. Is not, hey, are, are you a good guy? Why didn't you visit the weight room in four years of college? If you knew that you had the opportunity to make millions of dollars in the draft and make yourself a better competitive football player, why aren't you doing it? If you bench for if you if you're three hundred plus pounds and you bench four four if you you can bench press fourteen times, two twenty five, that's ridiculous. How much can you squat? And if your legs are as more as, as important or more important than what you're you can bench press, I, I, I just it just scares me. So I'm always it's, nervous it's about really that. It's really amazing, Tom. You're right. And uh, talk to a lot of players. They don't even max out anymore when they weight lift. Um, so think about that as well. Plus, I heard uh, a GM told me they hired a question coach specifically to weed through how these players are prepped. But we'll get to that next week. Thanks for joining us right here on Bears All Access. Listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes, or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.